Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're a little bit before 5 o'clock, I don't know, 12, 13 minutes before 5 o'clock. If you're in in third shift at 6 or 7, maybe that's what you do on purpose. So you can leave the shop and go right out into the woods, do a little bow hunting or something like that. Shift work. Yeah, we all, if you didn't do shift work, you you know, you haven't been a worker. We talked about earlier my job when I was in college for one semester feeding monkeys and then, uh, I took a third shift job. I was working uh, regular before I went into basic training, and Buddy got married, and he said, oh, could you work third shift? I just got married. I said, yeah, I don't think your wife would appreciate that. So I worked third shift. Actually had a lot of fun working third shift. Got a lot of done, a lot done. And the best thing, there weren't a lot of bosses around. <laughs> so when the bosses aren't around, you can... Uh, you can do your work a lot better. Hey, good morning. It is the shank of the day. Bob with it. Jill's down at the National FFA Convention. As uh, that got underway yesterday, it's full speed ahead now, and we'll hear more of her reports. We'll hear from a young lady from Pittsville this morning who's involved down there. That's uh, Maddie Hensel. We're going to hear from Maddie and, uh, and Jill down at the convention in a little while. Brought to you by our friends at our great financial institutions, Compare Financial, Citizen State Bank of Loyal, Ag Country, Farm Credit Services, all sponsoring Jill's report, reports with an S from the National FFA Convention. So again, here we go. It's FFA time, and lots of students from our area are down there. Other news, we got lots of other stuff to talk about. The Class 3 price for October came out yesterday. Not all that good. We'll get an update on the co-ops, the largest co-ops in the country. Agriculture right there, that's for sure. A worker strike that uh, hadn't gotten much of attention. Not the auto not the auto worker strike, but another one. Now we'll talk about that. Senator Brad Paff introduced an ag bill yesterday. We'll take a look and see what he is proposing and uh, what kind of chance something like that might have in the state legislature because of the way the state legislature is configured now. He, he's a Democrat, and the Democrats don't have don't have a lot of power in this legislature right now. The World Series is over. Texas beat Arizona last night. I believe it was, I don't know, four or five to nothing. And so the World Series is over. Texas won their first World Series ever. So we can scratch Texas off as one of those teams that has never won a World Series. Unfortunately, the Brewers are still on that list. And don't forget, Daylight saving time, we go off daylight saving time Sunday morning, about to what, 2 o'clock. We go off daylight saving time, go back to Central Standard Time so you don't uh, get too early for church on Sunday. And we'll look at the calendar as well. So we got a lot to do this morning, lots of chores to do. We'll get to the markets, we'll get to Barron, we'll get to Sparta, we'll get to Whitney, we'll get over to Stratford. Lots going on here on a Thursday morning at Wax. Uh, and again, we want to thank our sponsors of our FFA reports from down in Indianapolis. Citizen State Bank and Loyal, your full-service locally owned community bank specializing in financing Wisconsin agriculture. And they're not just in Loyal, they're in Grant, Nielsville, Spencer, Marshfield too. Citizen State Bank, headquarters in Loyal, proud supporters of the FFA, member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Also, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, one of our sponsors on our Saturday morning FFA programs on the air. Ag Country Farm Credit Services, focused on ag, focused on you. 
And Compere Financial, another one of our sponsors of our Saturday FFA programs on the air. Compere Financial provides lending and risk management tools to agriculture and rural communities. And two, they are proud supporters of the FFA. So again, lots going on this morning as we take a look at all the things going on in the world of agriculture. Also, speaking of FFA, got an announcement that the Whitehall, under the Whitehall FFA, under the leadership of uh, Mindy Goplin, Melinda Goplin, is receiving Precision Agricultural Education Simulator donation from Holland Agriculture and Raven Industries. They'll be working with Johnson Tractor on that. Earlier this year, 11 chapters from across the country were awarded cutting-edge precision agricultural education simulators. That donation comes as part of a joint venture between New Holland and Raven Industries to support agricultural education and promote understanding of precision technology among high school students. One of the 11 recipients around the country, the Whitehall FFA chapter. And uh, under the management of Whitehall FFA and the support of the Whitehall High School, the simulator display will serve as a centerpiece in agricultural education. And they'll work closely with Johnson Tractor for that because, uh, you know, Johnson Tractor in our area is uh, handling all that equipment from New Holland and Raven Industry. So, uh more cutting-edge education for our agricultural students in our part of the country, this time down at the Whitehall FFA chapter. And who knows who Jill's going to talk to next down there. Maybe we'll get an update. Uh, we certainly will from uh, Miss Goplin about the, what that's going on and what that means for her as far as her agricultural education students down there at Whitehall. Weather warming up. Still white stuff on the ground. My yard's still white. I hope it gets out of there. I got a lot of leaves to get out of there. and I just soon not do it in the middle of winter. But uh, right now, they're covered in snow. So hopefully that will, that will end. Also, don't forget, coming up this weekend on Saturday, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, Fairest of the Fair Gala, is an annual celebration. It is open to the public, so if you want to attend, you are more than willing or more than uh, welcome to partis- to participate. You know, if you're a fair supporter, exhibitor, you want to go, it's a dinner buffet. And uh, the uh, highlight is the crowning of the new Northern Wisconsin State Fair, Fairest of the Fair competition. Now, this is going to be held at the Tally Town Hall. We got some wrong information earlier. So this is going to be at the ta- at the Halley Town Hall. And it's going to be this Saturday, November 4th. And it'll start at about 2.45 with the judging. It should be all wrapped up by about 7 o'clock. So if you want to take part in that and uh, see who the next fairest of the fair is, this Saturday they're going to start judging about 2.45. You don't have to be there that early. But a little bit later on you can be there and take advantage of the uh, buffet dinner and find out who the next fairest of the fair will be for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair in Chippewa Falls. So lots on our plate, lots on our agenda. And as we said, the weather's uh, getting better. We'll take a look at that and a whole lot more this morning coming up on Wax as we're about uh, four minutes already before 5 o'clock. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, pretty good weather out there. Partly cloudy, 41 today, 48 tomorrow, 47 Saturday and Sunday. The next chance of rain, a slight chance, is on Monday, about 43. So we should get uh, be able to get back in uh, at least some of the fields uh, very, very soon. Today, probably. 
Right now, it's 20 in Rice Lake, 19 in Medford, 26 in Wausau and Marshfield, across 29. Green Bay, 32. Madison, Sun Prairie, a very comfortable 35 this morning. Open the windows. Milwaukee's at 39. And right here in Eau Claire, a little chillier than that, we're at 22 degrees. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at those markets, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. As we move through the week, we're getting to uh, Thursday, about the last day of the trade this week. Choice-fed beef steers have been trading 173 to 185 this week. The mixed steers, 172 and down. Choice-fed beef heifers, 173 to 183. The mixed heifers, 140 to 172. The finished dairy cross steers and heifers, 180 and down. Choice-fed Holstein steers, 154 to 164. Select and silage-fed Holsteins, 89 to 153. Cows, 74 to 94, topping at 119. The bulls, 90 to 125. Butcher hog this week, 47 to 81. The sows, 38 to 44. And the boars, 18 to 21. New crop market lambs, 170 to 190. The feeder lambs this week, 90 to 215. The ewes, 47 to 117. The small goats, 5 to $160 ahead. Medium goats, 50 to 250. Large goats, 115 to 400. And nanny goats, 5 to 250. Mercantile Exchange. Cattle higher, hogs lower. Yesterday at the close, live cattle futures for December finished 183.62 up 7. February 185.17 up 55. April live cattle 187.55 up 87. June 181.82 up a dollar 5. Feeder cattle November 238.57 up 87. January up 82 at 238.02. March 240.32 at the close. That was up 57. April feeder cattle up 60 cents at 244.12. And May up 52 at 247.47. Hogs were lower. December lean hog carcass contract finished at 70.15 down a dollar 57. February at 73.45 down a dollar 42. April 79.10 down a dollar 10. And May hogs 85.05. That was down 90 cents. On the board of trade yesterday, corn prices were lower. The yields are coming in better than folks thought. And South America planting progress going pretty well. They're getting some uh, needed rain and planting going well in Brazil especially. Beans were up. They're looking at some short supplies as we get further into the marketing year. December corn uh, overnight after being down yesterday. December corn up a penny at 476. March corn also up a penny at 491. The oats for December up one to two overnight at 381. December wheat up a fraction at 562. March soybeans up eight to nine cents at 1337. December meal up three dollars and twenty cents a ton at 433 dollars and sixty cents. Barrel cheese up one and three quarters, 167 and a quarter. Blocks unchanged, 168 and a half. Butter took a dive down 13 and three quarter cents. That market's crazy. It was up a dime or better the other day, and now it's down 13 and three quarters, 314 and a quarter. Class three, October came out. We'll tell you about that. Uh, no big, nothing to hoot and holler about, that's for sure. November class three up a nickel at 1724. December up eight at 1713. January up two at 1734. February and March both up a nickel at 1776 for February. 1814 for March. And prices were mostly unchanged, we can call it, out through August. So that's where we are as far as uh, what's going on in the world of agricultural markets. 
We're going to take you back to the uh, FFA convention down in Indianapolis. And again, our report's brought to you by Compare Financial, the Citizen State Bank and Loyal, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Focused on you, focused on ag at Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Jill's going to join us from Indianapolis next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's time for the 96th National FFA Convention here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And there's an awful lot of blue corduroy down here, and those jackets are filling up the streets and filling up the hallways. And many of those students participate in contests at the national level. I got to catch up with Maddie Hensel. She's part of the Pittsville FFA, and she's part of the Dairy Handler Contest. And according to you, you haven't had a ton of experience out there in that show ring, but you've shown a few places, right? Yeah, my family has been very involved at showing at the Central Wisconsin State Fair, um, the District 4 Holstein Show, through the Wisconsin Holstein Association, and the Wisconsin State Fair. And a lot of times, the students that have the opportunity to show come from the traditional farm background, and you don't. Where do you live? I live in the city of Pittsville, so my family became involved in agriculture through 4-H when we were just clover buds um, from the help of local family dairy farms in Wood County. From there, we were able to become involved in the Wisconsin Junior Holstein Association. And you've done an awful lot of hands-on work in that Holstein Association. What are some of the things that you've accomplished? Aside from competing in the state and national level, Dairy Jeopardy, Dairy Quiz Bowl, and Dairy uh, Public Speaking Contests, I've had the opportunity to serve as the 2022 Wisconsin Holstein Association Princess and currently serve as the Northwest District uh, Representative on the State Junior Committee. Most recently this summer, I had the honor of being selected as a Holstein Association USA Distinguished Junior Member Finalist. That award is very prestigious and is only given to six um, members in a year. So you've accomplished a lot in that Holstein Association, but your agriculture runs even farther than those Holsteins. What are some of the other accomplishments that you've done as a member of the Pittsville FFA, we host the Splash of Red um, Cranberry Tours um, right from our school. I had the honor of being a tour guide my senior year in high school. I've also um, participated at the state level in FFA as, the ex- as an extemporaneous public speaking contest and I had the honor of being the runner-up at the state contest this last summer as well as competing in other public speaking and knowledge-based contests through FFA. Sounds like you've crossed a lot of T's and dotted a lot of I's in your FFA career. We're going to look a little bit farther ahead. What's up next for Maddie Hensel? Well, currently I am working at Memory Lane Farm in Marshfield, Wisconsin as the Horse-Powered Reading Program Coordinator. Aside from my job at Memory Lane Farm, I work um, in media coverage as an intern at Dairy Agenda Today. And right after this, I'm off to the North American Livestock Exposition in Louisville to work for them, while also pursuing my degree online from the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point as a communications major. I hope to take my degree towards um, an ag-related field. And you're going to be part of the dairy handling contest that is held on Thursday, right? Yes, so as always, um, remembering the showmanship rules, but also you want to show off the animal to the best of its abilities, and as always, be courteous to other showmanship participants. And congratulations to Maddie on all her accomplishments. Good luck today. 
The Dairy Handler Contest will be later today, Thursday, at the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis. Maddie Hensel involved in that. And I was waiting for her to talk about cranberries. Nobody in Pittsville can do anything without cranberries. But that's a good thing. And so Maddie was involved in that as well. And again, we thank our sponsors of Jill's Reports with uh, young people like Maddie from Indianapolis, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, focused on ag, focused on you, Compare Financial, providing lending and risk management tools to agriculture and rural communities, and proud supporters of the FFA and the Citizen State Bank and Loyal, your full-service, locally-owned community bank specializing in financing Wisconsin's agriculture, and they're not just in Loyal, Grant, Nielsville, Spencer, and Marshfield as well. Citizen State Bank of Loyal, proud supporters as well of the FFA, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Good sponsors, good folks, sponsoring good kids, doing good things. For those who work in Acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at some of our farm news this morning as we're almost 16 minutes after 5 o'clock. Again, pretty nice stretch of weather. We should be able to get uh, back into the fields now because we'll be in the 40s from here on out. Today will be the coolest day, 41, but uh, tomorrow 48, 47 on Saturday and Sunday. Monday, 43, we get a little sun in there because it's just partly cloudy. So we should see some sunshine and should melt some of that snow off, at least in the open fields. be nice we keep the snow in the woods for the hunters and uh, get it off the fields till we get this crop off. So that that would be the ideal weather forecast. Uh, Medford's 19 right now. That's one of the cool spots. Rice Lake is at 20. We're 22 here in Eau Claire. Well, the official, you know, you put this off, you just, you know, there's some stories you just don't like to report. The official Class 3 milk price came out yesterday for October Sixteen dollars and eighty-four cents. Yeah, that's not good. That's down a dollar fifty-five from September's price of uh, eighteen thirty-nine. Was also four dollars and ninety-seven cents less than last year's October price of twenty-one dollars and eighty-one cents a hundred. Meanwhile, prices for Class One, Two, and Four milk were all higher in October. Dairy margin coverage program, thank goodness for that, but it continues to put money in dairy country. For the first nine months of this year, that program has made a payment every month, helped make up for some of this lost income dairy farmers are seeing with these low milk prices. In September, at $1.06 per hundred, the DMC triggers an indemnity payment at the coverage level of nine fifty a hundred. That comes out to $755.54 for each 1 million pounds of milk enrolled in the program based on comparing milk prices to feed costs. So far this year, DMC has paid out over $1.2 million to dairy farmers in that program. And, you know, every I don't talk to anybody that says it's a bad idea to get involved. If you're not in DMC and you're milking cows... Well, you're making some bad decisions. That's not me talking. That's uh, other dairy farmers. That's uh, dairy economists, everybody else. That You're more than making back your coverage, your premium. So, again, when the sign-up uh, gets going for 2024, you know, hopefully they'll continue this in the farm bill. But, uh, again, that's, that's not a given either. And we mentioned uh, some of the, the labor. The news in our country has always been the last week or two 
the United Auto Workers strike. But uh, most of that news is about the auto workers. Hopefully they've settled that. But another less talked about strike has much more of an impact on agriculture. Last week, 360 workers along the St. Lawrence Seaway system walked off their jobs. Now, the St. Lawrence connects the Atlantic Ocean to the interior of North America, severely disrupting grain shipments to Europe from the eastern U.S. and Canada. I remember talking to some of the folks out at uh, Chippewa Valley Bean, the uh, the Dones out there in uh, south of uh, Eau Claire, and they were talking about how they were there, and their beans go over to Europe, and uh, how important that St. Lawrence Seaway is to getting the product out. And when the product doesn't get out the St. Lawrence Seaway, that's a backup. About 700,000 metric tons of grain travel through the St. Lawrence Seaway every month. Part of the $17 billion worth of product going through that system every year. Yep, $17 billion. Talks do continue to try and end that strike, and they've been talking day and night. So uh, maybe it's over now. Hopefully it is. I didn't check this morning. But talks continue to try and end that strike over workers' demands for higher wages out along the St. Lawrence Seaway. Coming up, we're going to have a report. Rural child care. What's going on with rural child care? Lots of things, obviously, and we'll find out. Coming up on Wax, again, 22 degrees, looking for 41 for the high today. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It is a lot to juggle the responsibilities of running a farm, working off-farm, and being a parent all at the same time, yet this is what many farm families are doing across Wisconsin, day in and day out. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdar speaking with Lauren Langworthy. She is a farmer in northwestern Wisconsin who works full-time off-farm and has a young daughter. She speaks of the challenges that her and many other farm parents face in finding childcare while managing all of their work responsibilities. Lauren, can you tell me about your farm and family? My husband, Caleb, and I run a 153-acre grazing farm just north of Menominee, Wisconsin. And we live there with our pretty new little two-year-old named Lumen. We utilize rotational grazing methods, so we move our animals from paddock to paddock throughout the week, and that gives us a lot of really great opportunities to do conservation-oriented work on our farm. We sell largely direct to consumers, and so people can buy from our website, but that also means that we have a lot of communication to do with those customers and a lot of logistics to figure out to make sure that their meat gets to the right place. Are you both on the farm full-time, or does one of you have an off-the-farm job? For the last little over 10 years, both my husband and I have either been full-time on the farm or I've had off-farm work while he has been full-time on the farm. That all changed in January when he started working off-farm as well. That's provided us some more stable income and has been a good thing with having a little kid around. But it's also presented some challenges because farms don't necessarily work on a nine-to-five schedule all the time. So we're lucky to have flexible employers who understand agriculture and allow us to have some flexibility. But it's definitely been a lot of plates to spin, a lot of balls to juggle. It's certainly a full plate you have between running the farm and having an off-farm job. So what do you do for childcare? 
We've put together a little bit of a hodgepodge of child care. We're very fortunate to live near UW-Stout that has a child care program. Lumen is enrolled in that program two days a week, which has been great for us. It starts kind of early in the morning and goes through the work day. And so we're able to really just lean on that those two days a week. But the other three days a week were still a challenge. And so my mother actually comes and spends the day with Lou one day a week. And then I worked with my employer to create a condensed work week. So I work four 10-hour days and have Fridays off. So I spend Fridays with Lou. And that's left us with just one day, (laughs) one day to figure out. And we had a really wonderful nanny who was coming out to our farm and spending that day with her at our home. But she had other employment opportunities arise. So we're back to kind of scrounging up childcare on a week-to-week basis for that one day a week. It's certainly been a challenge. What are the difficulties you face being a farmer, working off-farm, and needing childcare? Yeah, so there are a few different challenges that are presented when one is farming and doing full-time work off the farm (laughs) and living in a rural space in general. The first thing that obviously comes to mind is that a nine-to-five job is a little bit more clear about its expectations, but a farm, you know, you really can't control when something goes sideways or when the weather is going to behave or all sorts of different factors that come with agriculture. Not only do we really need that kind of business day support, but sometimes we really need someone who can stick around another hour so that we can run around and do things that might be a little bit dangerous with a kid, but have both parents available to do it. Often Lumen will come out with us around the farm to do lighter duty work, but when it comes to moving large animals in small spaces, it's not always productive to do that. There's certainly unique challenges around the timing of care that happen with agriculture in a way that they don't happen with other jobs. But I think the other bigger piece of it is that we're kind of located out in a a very rural space in order to have a farm. And that means that a lot of the child care opportunities that more people can use, the teenage babysitters, for example, are much further away and uh, need to have transportation to get out to us. And so either we have to extend our day to get into town and kind of work our schedules around when childcare in town is available, or we need to find someone who can come to us. And that has proven to be a lot more expensive than we would like, and honestly just very challenging because not everybody is comfortable driving rural roads, especially in the winter time or early in the morning or late in the evening. So there are just a lot of factors to work around. I'm sure you have other neighbors and friends who are also on farms dealing with the exact same thing. So what kind of creative solutions do they have in dealing with the same problem as you? Yeah, we have friends who are in, in a lot of different places with childcare, And the one thing that I can say is a constant is that parents, especially those who are farming, especially those who are in rural spaces, we can sure be creative. <laughs> and so I've seen a lot of really interesting and creative solutions from some of the friends in our network. We know some folks who work together as a group of parents and kind of pool their resources to get child care for a group of kids or who move them from one home to another different days of the week so that every parent has a few days where they're off duty and a few days where they're on duty. And that allows them to take care of different types of tasks on those days. We've seen just a lot of really interesting solutions 
to childcare, but I do think everybody is struggling with the same issues of certainly affordability and certainly access, especially in agricultural spaces. There just aren't as many opportunities for childcare, and so it's a lot more expensive and a lot more competitive to get into them. I realize this is a multifaceted issue, but what do you believe is the single most important step that can be taken to address the issue? Well, I think anything that could be done to help support parents with the cost of child care and also make sure that those people who are providing child care are getting good compensation, that would be really wonderful. I think there's a lot of benefit to the public school model, for example, of making sure that everybody has access and hopefully making sure that those teachers are also getting a fair shake. We want the people who are taking care of our kids to feel like they are well-supported and well-resourced to do that work the best that they can. Our children are so important to us, but we also can't necessarily afford the top of the line when it comes to child care. And so if there were any way for that difference to get balanced out through maybe some public programs or or grant opportunities or something to that effect, that would be really wonderful. And again, that's a little bit on rural child care, thanks to Nate Zimdars. Nate, of course, uh, down in the Madison program as far as Midwest uh, Farm Report. Nate was a former state FFA officer, but talking to Lauren Langlorthy about rural child care, yeah, it's a challenge for child care all over, no matter where you are. 29 minutes after 5 on a Thursday morning in Wax. Pretty nice morning out there. We'll see how nice the markets have been this week. Rocky's going to join us next from Premier Livestock over in Withy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get uh, on with the markets. We go over to Premier Livestock in Withy. Rocky is with us and uh, a whole lot balmier this morning than it was yesterday morning, huh? Yeah. Almost, almost twice as warm. Yeah, up in Ogama. What you said after you get off the air, a guy texted you. How cold was it in Ogama yesterday morning? Uh, he had three degrees. Oh boy, a little breeze makes that uh, <laughs> below zero. Yeah, uh, I left here yesterday. It showed twelve on the truck. So. Well, it's it's gonna get better. It's getting better. So uh, hopefully we'll get the get things going again. Gonna go deer hunting this morning? Uh, no, that uh. won't happen. When Maybe you, this weekend. we uh, got a machinery sale tomorrow, so yeah, we got to get gotta, ready for that. Yeah, you got a big uh, big end of the week, that's for sure. Well, tell us uh, how we've been doing so far. Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. Uh, we did sell over 200 head of dairy cattle yesterday, three complete herd dispersals, uh, all high stall cows yesterday. Top fresh cows, 1,900 to 2,550. Uh, many cows from 14 to 1875. Top spring and heifers, uh, 1700 to 2400. Uh, next week's dairy cattle auction, we do have two complete dispersals. We have an 80 cow Holstein parlor freestall herd. We have another herd of 70 Jersey cows, uh, also going to have the spring and heifers along with them. They'll be tie stall cows. Uh, here's a market recap for the week so far at Premier. Uh, high choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 150 to 164. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.75. Market cows high yielding from a dollar to a dollar twenty-three, with many from eighty to ninety-nine. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar ten to a dollar twenty-six. Uh, newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from two hundred to four twenty. Beef cross calves from three hundred to six ninety. 
Holstein heifer calves up to 200. Next week, uh, Tuesday, that's our special feeder cattle auction. Uh, expecting a large run of cattle, lots of excellent quality calves, lots of weaned and vaccinated cattle. Uh, we're going to sell 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle. We're also going to sell bred beef cows. Uh, this Friday, tomorrow, uh, is our large farm machinery auction. Uh, we will have three rings all day. We'll get underway at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, online bidding starts at 9.30, and we will have two rings. So just note when you're going to our website, clicking on Equipment Facts, uh, make sure when you're looking for your items, you're going to ring one and ring two. Uh, like I said, uh, if you haven't pre-registered, if you're buying online, make sure you pre-register here today at EquipmentFacts.com. Uh, we will have food on site all day. Uh, like I said, come on over, guys, if you're in the area. Inspect your equipment. Uh, if you need to drive some tractors, skidsters today, that's going to be fine. Uh, make sure you pre-inspect your equipment. Uh, full details, visit our website at PremierLivestockAndAuctions.com. And questions, give us a call at Premier at 715-229-2500, and that's how it's shaping up, Bob. So it looks like it's going to be pretty nice weather for that sale. 48 tomorrow, yeah. partly cloudy. You're going to have some sunshine. And, uh, well, today, 41, partly cloudy. There'll be, there'll be guys driving those tractors around a lot. Yeah, sounds like a... Sounds like a nice way to spend your Friday. Yeah, not a bad idea either, that's for sure. Hey, you have a good one. You too, Bob. Thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Again, don't forget that big machinery sale tomorrow there at Premier Livestock in Withy. If you drive by, <laughs> looks like an implement dealer, <laughs> but they got a lot of stuff on the lot, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a big sale. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, I think the uh, snow will be gone most places where it's not shaded pretty soon. Let's find out. Look at our weather forecast. Our 13 first alert weather with Mike Dandry over there at the uh, weather room at 13 first alert weather. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Well, it's a pretty nice morning out there. Yeah, it's a little cold, but you know what? I think that, I mean, it's November in Wisconsin. Yeah, so. I will say, deer hunting, the deer be out mm-hmm. moving around. They'll be moving around. They're in the rut, they'll be out. So good morning for bow hunting. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we're starting off in the low 20s, but we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun this afternoon, warming up to the low 40s, and we won't have as much of a wind. So it is going to feel warmer, too, as well as, of course, temperatures being about 5, almost 10 degrees warmer. Tonight, though, we'll have some clouds rolling in, possibly a chance at a very stray shower, but I think with dry air near the surface, uh, not really going to see too many of those showers. But then looking ahead to tomorrow, a mostly cloudy sky, and then we clear out into the afternoon highs in the upper 40s same thing on saturday we'll have intervals of clouds and sun mid to upper 40s but sunday especially sunday night brings us chances at some showers and we stay mild through sunday night very little change in our temperatures from sunday afternoon through about monday afternoon as well staying in the mid to upper 40s monday night mostly cloudy dipping to the mid 30s and then we do slightly cool it off by the middle of next week mostly cloudy with temperatures in the low 40s but yeah right now 21 degrees in Eau Claire, and winds have been calm, so wind chill not a factor this morning. And any precipitation Sunday night or whenever, that's going to be rain? Most likely rain, especially since we're kind of staying in the mid-40s. So Yeah, that should be, hopefully. Yeah, right. <laughs> hopefully I mean, Mother Nature doesn't give us uh, snow at 40-some degrees. I was going to say, barring a very uh, sharp 
temperature, you know, yeah, gradient yeah, there, yeah. then I think that uh, I think that will be okay. All right, but we have no what do they call it? Alberta Clippers coming our way anytime soon. Well, not anything that would bring snow, but oh, yes. that's a good thing. That's <laughs> a good thing. Thank you, Mike. You bet, Bob. Have a good one. We will. Mike Dandry over there at 13 First Alert Weather here on Wax. Again, 21 degrees. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 21 degrees. We'll get about 41 the high today. Let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us as always. Good morning, Morgan. As always. Good morning. Hey, I was with uh, some guys last night. We were bowling. We were just, you know, you sit around and talk about a lot of different things. We were talking about some of the, uh, you know, what was your favorite song growing up? And uh, mine I had a lot of them. I like Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Creedence, Clearwater. But oh, yeah. uh, one that I always liked, really, was, uh, I don't know if you were old enough to remember it, uh, Lou Christie, Lightning Striking Again. Oh, yeah. Lightning, Lightning yeah. Again. What, of course uh, I know that. Let me speculate on what your favorite song was growing up. Okay, I tell you, I have one of these, and you may remember this. And the reason that I remember it is because it was the first song that I remembered the words to. Okay. Do you remember Dan Seals' Bop? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that used to be one of my favorite songs as a kid. And mainly because I would ride with my grandma, Nyla. And this was the woman. This is why grandmas are the best. They're like frosting on the family cupcake. She would let us wear whatever we wanted out when she took <laughs> us out. And that included sometimes her high heels, you know, things that clearly didn't fit. And she would let us sit in the front seat of the car with her. And oh, as a kid, boy. that's like the biggest deal. Yeah, it is. So I remember riding in the front seat with my high heels on stuff my mother would never let us do. This was your mother's mother? Yes. Okay. And uh, and then I was able to turn that song as loud as I wanted and sing oh. along with her. But she was a Patsy fan. So every time we rode, we would have Patsy Klein on. But oh, then yeah. I got to sing along to Bob. My speculation, if it was me picking out your mm-hmm. favorite song, it would be Connie Francis. Okay. Where the boys are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it, but yes. Bob, yeah, I remember that song. Well, yeah. here's the weird thing, though. I actually changed the words to Bob instead of oh, Bob. So yeah, there I you go. Now I we are where the boys are, right? You know, riding with a grandma. I remember my grandma used to, <laughs> down in Iowa, my grandma used to drive to church. Yep. And she always had the, and it was, I don't know, everybody in the church knew that this was, Francis Bosold's parking place. Uh-huh. And I can go down to that church today. Huh? And she'd drive into that parking spot and she stopped when she hit the building. I can go to that spot. I can go to that parking spot today and show you the chips out of the brick in that church yep. where my grandma used to drive and that's how she knew she was. I think her eyesight it, wasn't the best, but at th- that point in time in a town of about seven, 800 people, it didn't matter. It was generational because yep. say, very similar to that uh, at my gr- great-grandparents' farm, when my grandma would pull into the garage, she would always give it a little bit of gas, sit, give it a little bit of gas, and there was at the wall of the bottom of the greenery a big red paint line that my grandpa put on there. <laughs> She stop. knew that she was getting too close. She had to stop before that. Grandmas, you got to love them. I know for it. Sure. What's going on? Well, we're going to start with headlines. We uh, hit the gas pedal and head into some local court action, and that includes Eau Claire police chiming in and more charges now against a man who they say went on a naked, drug-fueled Halloween bender. Prosecutors yesterday charging Cole Evenson with eight crimes after police say he had stripped, barged into a house, smashed a TV, and nearly stabbed his roommate's dog to death. He was uh, tased to get him under control in court yesterday and then back do it back in court next week. 
In Stanley, you may have seen this on socials, uh, nothing to harm any residents and nothing dangerous on the train cars, but they did re- derail yesterday morning. Ten cars jumped the tracks just north and west of Stanley. City's police department took to Facebook yesterday to say there was no danger to the police living nearby and no one saying just what caused the derailment on the Canadian National Railway, though they say they're now investigating. Well, if you're headed out to the deer stand, a lot of people are looking forward to that and getting the bows out. But just a heads up from DNR, two deer in the area testing positive for chronic wasting disease. And these were deer um, harvested in the wild. Polk County there and Trempolo both testing positive, saying that they're going now to pause any of the baiting. As we look into some other headlines that take us uh, all the way to the lawmaker level, Republicans there trying again with some 2020-inspired election reforms. And that includes the Committee on Campaign and elections holding a hearing on plans that would clean up Wisconsin's voter rolls. Looking at that, it would be new rules for absentee ballots and dealing with lines at polls on election day. All of the proposals could be traced back to complaints about 2020 in the election, and it's not clear if Governor Evers would look to sign any of those into law. And a sign of the times, uh, it seems there's a tree and it's headed to the Big Apple and getting ready already for that big Norway spruce. This time, it's from upstate New York and 80 feet tall, 80 years old. It was kind of a rumor that this was the tree that was going to uh, be at Rockefeller Center. So I've been watching it every day, every time I come by here. And yesterday I saw they were kind of wrapping it. And that will be uh, November 11th when it arrives in the big city. And then, of course, it's a project to get 50,000 lights and the very bright star on top. And our own star is shining bright back in the bar. And we better head that way with Bob Bolsold and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. While you were talking here, I went into uh, Alex's music library. Oh, jeez. I pulled up Dan Seals. No matches. What's the matter with him? No matches found. What's the matter with him? He should be taking care of his sweetheart. I'm telling you right now. I'll sing it for you. I want a Bob with you, baby. Oh, I'm changing it to Bob. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, updated for the times. <laughs> Everybody can uh, bop along it, to that. I think it's only right. I think so, too. I have a good one. <laughs> Don't play it backwards. There's a totally different <laughs> message. <laughs> That's right. I have a tough time when they ask me how to do that uh-huh, backwards. Uh-huh. Uh, see you later. Bye, Bob. There goes Morgan. In the newsroom this morning on Wax, we've still got the uh, market. It's more news to take a look at. It's the Farm Show on a Thursday morning here at the Shank of the Day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 21 degrees as we take a look at more news in the world of agriculture. Saw this uh, list that came out, thought it interesting. The new list is out of the top revenue-producing cooperatives in the country, with the top four being ag co-ops and six others ranking in the top 25, the top Revenue-producing cooperative in the country continues to be CHS Incorporated in the Twin Cities with revenue last year $47.8 billion. Number two is Dairy Farmers of America, $24.5, followed by Land O'Lakes in third and Growmark, headquartered in Illinois in fourth place. Also making the top 25 were agriculture co-ops, Cobank in Colorado, number 10, Ag Processing Incorporated out in Nebraska, they're number 11, Agribank of Minnesota, number 12. Agtegra Cooperative from South Dakota coming in at 18. Central Valley Ag Cooperative, again, back in Nebraska. They're number 19. And Landis Cooperative of Iowa, ranking 25th. Now, agricultural co-ops had 2022 revenues of $187.6 billion, making up 59% of the revenue for all cooperatives in the country. So, uh, again, 
cooperatives uh, are big business. Uh, I saw the list. I think the first one from Wisconsin was well down the list to the top 100, not uh, not anywhere near the top 25. Well, more information we're going to get from Senator Brad Paff. He and some of his colleagues uh, did come up with a package of bills to invest in Wisconsin agriculture and fight food insecurity. According to the news release, these bills provide funding to connect food assistance organizations and schools with farmers, market Wisconsin products through the Something Special from Wisconsin program, support growth in value-added products, and enhance regional farmer support. So that package was introduced yesterday down at Viroqua. We'll get a hold of Senator Paff and find out just exactly what's in that package of uh, proposals And again, from the Democratic side of the aisle, how far they will go as far as the Republicans on the other side, which are, uh, you know, in the leadership and majority in both the state Senate and the state Assembly. Some things coming up quickly. We mentioned this earlier. Don't forget Northern Wisconsin State Fair having their Fairs to the Fair Gala. That'll be this Saturday at the Halley Town Hall. And uh, that'll start about 2.45 with the judging. 7 o'clock, they'll wrap it up. In between, they'll select the next Fairs to the Fair. Have a buffet dinner and uh, just a good opportunity for supporters of the fair to uh, get there and be part of it. Also, the Boyceville FFA alumni grain drive and activities going on. They're still continuing that. They're going to have, again, a meal and support the local FFA chapter, the alumni chapter. And uh, that'll be this Saturday at Wheaton Grain just outside of Connorsville. And stop and donate some corn or soybeans for the FFA alumni to sell. Any amount is appreciated. And uh, tell them when you unload how much you would like to donate. So, again, helping the Boyceville FFA alumni. That'll be this Saturday, just east of Connersville, at the uh, Wheaton Grain Facility there. And that's Saturday, November 4th, from 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. So, again, that's coming up this weekend, uh, supporting the Boyceville FFA alumni. And we're about 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, and we've got some uh, markets to get to. And let's get there right now, shall we? Let's head over to the uh, Barron Sale Barn and find out just exactly what happened at the sale yesterday. Here's Brittany to tell us all about it. For fed cattle, our high-yielding choice Holstein steers were 152 to 160. Choice Holstein steers were at 143 to 151, and unfinished steers and heifers were 142 and down. As for cull cows, the top 20% sold from 102 to 111, topping at 113. 60% sold from 74 to 101, and the bottom 20% was 73 and down. For cull bulls, they sold from 113 to 118, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. Our next and last sheep, goat, and small animal sale of the year is November 11th. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm to look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Barron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Wednesday's a busy day at the sale barns. They had a sale at Equity down in Stratford. Here's Hud Eamon to tell us how that sale went. Fed cattle signed steady today with the high yielding choice beef steers and heifers 176 to 183. The choice on select beef steers and heifers 165 to 175. Beef and dairy cross steers 160 to 178. The high yielding choice Holstein steers 158 to 165. Choice on select Holstein steers 146 to 156. With the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers $1 to $1.45. 
Cow market steady quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar ten. Highland slaughter dairy cows ninety two to one hundred seven. Cutters and utilities seventy six to ninety one with low yielding and canner cows thirty to seventy five cents. Bull market steady most bulls one hundred two to one seventeen with a thin. Full and bulls over twenty two hundred pounds discounted at dollar one and down. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Thursday, November second, for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale. With dairy cattle starting at 12 noon, followed by feeders at 12.30. Be sure to check our website for an early consignment listing if interested. This is Hut aimed at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. Uh, well, a lot warmer than, well, I wouldn't say a lot warmer. We were in the 20s this morning here, and uh, I was listening before, and where was that where that, uh, uh, they had three degrees yesterday? Up in Ogama. Oh, my goodness. Yep, so, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's Wisconsin, and it's it's getting to that time, and we lose daylight saving time this weekend. So we'll be bright early in the morning, but uh, it'll get dark. It'll get dark real early in the afternoon, but... Uh, that starts Saturday night, so again, make sure you turn your clock back in the fall. Well, we're uh, three days of marketing in, one left. Hut's been going on over at Stratford this week. And, Bob, good morning. We'll tell the folks about it. I thank you. Uh, the sale went yesterday, a very busy marketing day yesterday here at Stratford. And we'll start with the feeder cattle auction yesterday. Lighterweight beef steers and heifers are selling mostly from 175 to 240 Your middleweight uh, beef steers and heifers mostly from 165 to 230 Heavier, shorter-term cattle mostly from 130 to 165 On the Holstein feeders, uh, lightweight Holsteins from 140 to 170 uh, the rest of the whole scene sold mostly from uh, 127 to 165. Now into the market auction yesterday. We'll start out with the cows. Uh, these are conventional market cows, of course. High yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday, selling from 98 to a dollar 18. Extreme top on the cows yesterday at a dollar 20 and a half. Uh, we had some very, very fancy uh, black Angus cows yesterday. A lot of those sold from that 114 up to 120 and a half. The majority of your average cows yesterday selling from 72 to 98. Thinner cows, light carcass cows, 72 and below. On the fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from 145 to 160. High yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins uh, from 161 to 165 and a half. Uh, select grading cattle, underfinished cattle, 140 and back. On the bull trade, uh, good quality, high-yielding bulls selling from 106 to 120. Again, yesterday, a lot of very fancy high-yielding uh, beef bulls selling from 118 to a top of 125 and a half. Lighter weight bulls, a dollar and below. Calf market this week, so far on the Holstein bull calves, mostly from 175 to 400. Uh, heifer calves uh, from 50 to 120. Good quality beef calves, 375 to 600. And we are at Thursday. Uh, auction starts this morning at one, uh, 11 o'clock, I should say. Market auction, cows today, of course. Uh, fed cattle, bulls, and baby calves will get to those uh, after the lunch hour this afternoon. And just a reminder, our next hay sale here in Stratford will be next Tuesday. Our next dairy cattle auction also next Tuesday. And just a reminder, uh, next feeder cattle sale... November 8th, and we are going to be featuring the red-hided cattle on that sale next week. For more information on that, just give us a call here, 687-4101. Bob, with that, we'll send her back to you, and the World Series is history, so I guess now we got to watch whatever you want to watch. Basketball, I guess, huh? Yeah, and uh, they showed us 
picture on the screen after Texas won. That's the first time they've won the World Series, so they showed the teams that still have never won a World Series, and of course, our Brewers are on that list. But I think Texas had a, they've got a, a record that's going to be hard to beat, I think, of what are they unbeaten in postseason games? Well, in a row or something like on that? the road, on the road, on the road, like yeah, like ten or eleven in a row on the road. So, uh, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Maybe the Brewers uh, one of these days soon. We hope. Hey, you have a good yeah, one. Well, yeah, you and I are getting pretty old, though, Bob. Maybe we might see. <laughs> I know, but we can always hope. You have a good one. You too, Bob. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Sale Barn. And uh, the folks at Synergy Cooperative, your TYM dealer in Ridgeland, bring you the markets. Let's take a look. Board of Trade yesterday, corn was lower, bigger than expected yields around the country, and South American planning going very well. Beans were up, looking at some short supplies overnight. December corn up a penny at 476. March corn also a penny, 491. December oats, one to two higher at 381. The wheat up a fraction, 562. March beans up eight to nine cents overnight, 1337 this morning. December meal up 320 a ton at 433.60. At uh, some of the country elevators, we've got corn, Chippewa Falls corn, 420. Beans, 1235. At Connersville, corn, 425. Beans, 1225. Over in uh, Loyal, corn, 431. Soybeans at 1225. In Arcadia, Corn at 431, soybeans 1239. At the uh, DTN screen, Golden Plump Elevator in Arcadia, corn is 443. At Baldwin, 426, 1234 on the beans. Both Durand and Fall Creek have corn at 421, beans 1224. In Mondovi, corn's 12, 426, beans 1229. Elmwood, 431 and 1234. Osseo, their beans are 1234. The corn is 436. Out in Elk Mound, corn 421, beans 1239. Sparta, 424 and 1221. And over at Ellsworth, 416 on the corn, 1224 on the beans. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 436. Stanley, 431 to Richmond, 426. Barrel cheese up a cent and three quarters, 167 and a quarter. Blocks unchanged, 168 and a half. Butter took a dive down 13 and three quarters yesterday to 314 and one quarter. November class three up a nickel at 1724. December up eight at 1713. January up two at 1734. February and March both up a nickel, 1776. March at 1814. And if you missed it earlier, the official October class three came out yesterday at 1684, down $1.55 from September's price of 1839. 21 degrees. We'll get 41 today, partly cloudy, and then warming up from there. We'll be upper 40s Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at waxradio.com.